Now is your time to flinch. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? I am your moderator, B. Jones, and this is the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Today's podcast, I got Mr. Jay Dace on with us. What's going on, bro? What's going on, man? Trying to survive this, uh, what? What's going on? <laughs> Trying to survive this, uh, this veggie, fruit and veggie diet I'm doing, man, or cleanse I'm doing. Mm. How, long you been huh? How long you been on it? This day one. We're gonna come back to you, man. <laughs> Mr. Editor Extraordinaire, DJ Barry, pick a pick a pick Be fresh. <laughs> What's happening, bro? Living, living, living in America. Uh, uh. Exactly. Yeah, you feel me. You feel me. Ah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Ah, ah. Brown, R.I.P. Baby. Across the nation. Let's get it. Oh, you gonna bust it out? Go ahead. You got the you got the footwork too, Carol. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, man? What's going on, man? You in a nice hotel room? Cushy, cushy hotel life. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm in Sanford, Florida. Uh, the wonderful you know, Sanford. For- the wonderful Sanford, Florida. Of course, I came into Sanford rocking a hoodie earlier. Oh, yeah. Just because. No issues. But yeah, man. No, no issues, man. No issues. Never <laughs> that. Easy, easy. And last but not least, we got the noop on the podcast today. Faison, what's happening? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, same old, same old, same old, same old. Just enjoying life and uh, lack of sleep <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all those good things. But you know what? It's a joyful moment. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it. you got a, you have a lot of good pictures already, right? Uh, yeah, I realized that I got about 2,000 pictures of Namdi and I'm probably up to around 300 or so of Arunze. So yeah, the collection's growing. But we're going to be in Dallas this week. So I'm sure I'll get some more. At the Alamo, <laughs> you know, I know it's San Antonio, so don't fact check that. It's a whole just Texas in general. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna be doing down in Dallas, man? Uh, we're going, I'm going to work for the conference, my uh, my meeting for work, and oh, okay. uh, we're taking the whole family down there because we got friends who live in um, Dallas, so we're gonna go meet up with them, let EJ hang out with the ladies while I go to work, and then you know, we can we'll do it all together. Two big two families, you know, black love, black support, black families. Easy, man. Black love. I love it. I love it. Oh, you don't you don't have a song for us, man? You know, you've been missing for a minute now. I, I have been missing and I literally my life has not allowed me any more seconds. Exactly. Or actually my I'll give you a song. I like to eat, eat, eat. Apples and banana. There you go. <laughs> That's my song of the week. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that song for the record. Yeah, because you were just not singing along with it. Right? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Easy, I finally man. know one. I know one. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Well, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, fellas, I got a quick question, man. Before we uh, jump into the topic, um, so with a with a lot of the injuries that have been occurring. Like, the NFL, this has probably been the worst season for them as far as injuries. I would say NCAA, too. NCAA has been bad? I don't watch anything. Carolina had, I think, um, something like 20 players injured. It was crazy. They were showing, yeah, they were showing how many players were injured on that team. That wasn't, I think that was like the third string quarterback. Yeah, it was. 
there was there was uh you know a lot of their starting defense was injured. I think their starting running back was injured. I think there was a couple uh, wide receivers injured. All right, man, hold on. You got to slow down because now you're starting to make that win look that much worse or and whatever. Like, <laughs> a win is a win. No matter how it comes, a W, tis a W. Like we got it's a real test coming up this weekend, man. I'll be more of a believer once we get past that one. But right now, I'm still up in the air. But anyway, where I was going at, though, um, was, you know, I played football, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I want to get you guys' perspective, man. Given all that we are coming to know about the head injuries, watching this season and even seasons in the past, but this season in particular, where it seems like every Sunday somebody is losing their well their season behind some injury. How y'all feel about letting y'all kids play football, man, as they growing up? I think I talked about this before when I was uh, we were talking. Carol and I were talking. But uh, defense, I just got a feeling you got a better chance, a longer career on defense, depending on the position you're on. If you're not in the, on the line and you're actually like a little two or three behind, you have a longer career. Um, take Sherman. I mean, he'll give out good hits. Safety or cornerback. Yeah, I mean, safety, that, exactly. But I don't want actually to actually yeah. follow football. The middle, the, mid, the middle of the lines <laughs> is the liners. No, I'm saying, but the line in general, that's like they're dirty and that. Oh, they're, well, they're, there's a lot of action that goes. A lot of stuff happening in the trenches. A lot of action mm-hmm. happens in the trenches. You don't even see it, but it's so much going on. And it's like, yeah, running backs, another person that gets beat up and no one sees anything because they're getting punched, like elbowed where they walk running by. I think my guy's been outside. So if you play football, I'm sure to be Namdi. <laughs> if he does, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping he will be on defense. Yeah, for me, I don't know if I can. Uh make that decision like I don't I don't feel comfortable because uh just the the head injuries and then like yeah I played football from the time I was little up until you know high school or whatnot but um it doesn't feel like I'm being the responsible parent if I'm like knowingly putting my son out there on that field and knowing the risk that he actually runs and it seems like it's a much heightened risk I was hoping that Mike would be on so we could talk about this baseball thing because I feel like if I'm pushing him anywhere it'll definitely be towards baseball or even basketball now if he wants to play football i'm not gonna hold him from it but i don't see myself being like hey i played man you got to get out there and get on get on the football field man let's see what you got you got soccer soccer too soccer's a good believer of you know you're gonna choose your own destiny while i don't necessarily feel that parents should steer their you know kids especially just because of legacies or any other thing like that but I think that if they have a passion for it and they want to try it, I don't think that it's um, so dangerous now that you shouldn't at least see if there's a possibility of true talent. I mean, I literally just saw a news um, broadcast where they were talking about they're using robots now for hitting dummies, where they, they literally had like a tackling dummy that was on the, the uh, coach was uh, controlling it like an RC uh, controller. And I mean, this thing is zipping all over the field. They're using it for tackling, everything. It was actually pretty cool. But I think with advancements and understanding that there needs to be new regulations and ways that you practice that are, are smarter than, you know, constantly putting that toll on your body every day, as opposed to, you know, saving it for the game. I think that that would you know, change and, and be able to allow less injuries and for people to have longer careers and not be as much of a, you know, explosion as it currently is. 
Has there been any thoughts on the like Pee-wee? I heard somewhere maybe a couple years ago that that the risk of your kids being injured starts more if they play Pee-wee going up versus starting like middle school or, or high school and going forward. They're like their bones are stronger because they're not getting beat up. You play yeah, there's sports. definitely been research and reports on the fact that I mean, but it's anything. Your your bones aren't developed enough, aren't fully developed, and so when you're creating those. Um, hard impacts, you have the possibility of, you know, stunning growth or creating, you know, growth issues. Yeah, not only that, man, you really got to be careful when you're talking about what program you're putting them in because they got to learn the right things. They have to be learning the fundamentals on how to tackle. When I was in St. Petersburg, man, um, you know, I was coaching the Little League team and these are like, I think they were like seven or eight-year-olds. And I had a dude, little, I'm talking about he was the littlest thing on the field but he will lay you out. No fear at all, but it was a constant struggle with getting him to keep his head up because he would lead with his helmet mm -hmm. so much instead of his shoulder pad or with his like face mask mm -hmm. up and like making the form tackle. Mm -hmm. so, spend so much time in practice trying to keep that up because he's looking to like lay you out. He's head hunting yep. every play he can. So it, it really goes into the coaches in the program. So like the Pop Warners, the uh, the leagues that are sponsored by the NFL with like certified coaches and stuff, you kind of want to stay in that direction and not just your mom and pop. You know what I'm saying? Asher's out. <laughs> Asher, <laughs> Asher, Asher got my head is way too much area that you have to try to protect. So, you know, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> I had to show you the side profile view. <laughs> You know, from the front. Carol, me and like, Carol are part of the, the eight, um, size eight hat club. We bought them side. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my football helmet was a seven and a half. So, for sure. Damn, man, them craniums, bro. Y'all giving them out. Y'all ain't taking them. A lot of knowledge going on. Easy, easy. K Dice. <laughs> I like you did that the other week, man. K Dollars. <laughs> easy, man. Well, J Dice, we coming your way, man. This is your show, man. What you feeling like talking about today? No, um, yo, I was I mean, something that's been on my mind is uh is uh really separating what you do from who you are. Uh, and honestly, man, I was just thinking about it, and it just, it just really spoke to me because I really feel like if you if you do if you have the mindset of of, of doing what you do and and not really taking away who you are from it, then when you lose, if you lose what you do, then your identity is gone. And that's just something that's been on my membrane this week. So I just thought that'd be a pretty good topic for the show. So how you, so you say separate who who you are from what you do. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, for example, um, for example, if you want to be a firefighter, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a firefighter and you just identify as being that, and that's all you do, like, they're like, I'm a firefighter. If for whatever, like for whatever reason, like, so you, like you, you go out and fight a fire and you lose your legs, you know what I mean? Or, you know, you, you your back goes out, mm -hmm. whatever. And so you now, what are you? What do you, you know what I mean? Like, happen? exactly. Like you have no foundation, no basis to stand on. Like your entire identity has been shattered because when people ask you, what are, like, who are you? Like, I'm a firefighter. But if you're saying that I'm a person who fight fires, like, I'm a person who serves, I'm a person who, uh, assist others. I'm a helper. I'm a, you know, what I mean, I'm a protector. If you have that mentality, then you can take that into any area of life. And you, like fighting fires doesn't have to stop at physical fires. Like you could be a counselor. You know, you putting out fires, if you will. You know what I mean? So like, if that's who you are, then you can carry that with you throughout the area, every area of your life. 
So you would start that with trying to identify like who you are and you know what what you are as a person. Um, I think that's cool, man, because I've always and we've talked about it, I think, before, maybe sidebar conversations, but aligning, you know, who you are with what it is that you're doing and taking that first step and then identifying who you are yourself. Um, it's almost like you want to have that intangible sense of self because you can push that into tangible objects or tangible uh, you know, ways of living instead of being so stuck on whatever it is you're doing currently. I, I get that. I mean, I think, you know, a perfect example would be how people kind of, um, you know, define themselves by like the relationships that they may be in or mm -hmm. define themselves by their particular circumstances or even their surroundings instead of, you know, looking at ways to define themselves and what it is that is important to them. And then I'll go back to an earlier podcast when we talked about change and then utilizing that in the workplace. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's transferable into life where it is you taking control of what it is you're doing. So when I talked about moving your cheese or what have you, you taking control of that and having that self-identification, knowing who you are and being able to force that in different ways that are most beneficial to you and not succumbing to what your current state of being might be or your current circumstance, whatever the case may be, but having that sense of that intangible that you can then work into the tangible things throughout your life. Definitely, definitely, man. And it's funny that you say uh, relationships, because me and Kay was having a conversation yesterday and that was just something that he shared was like, Phenomenal. And I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I just want to, like, if you if you don't mind, K, bless you. Oh, man. Pro, pro, proceed, man. I mean, uh, the thing with me is that I don't feel like, I feel if you can separate who you are from what you do, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. Because if you took the time to figure out who you are, then you would only align yourselves with, with things that complement who you are or that support who you are which is why it's a day-to-day -day struggle. It's a day-to-day -day fight. So a lot of people, and, and look, I think this is why they call it work because it is work for you to go and do something that's not naturally aligned to who you are, right? Because if it was aligned for who you are, then it wouldn't necessarily be work. It would be something that you just love to do because it, it's you. But when you get yourself into a relationship with somebody that is not, uh, complimentary towards you and vice versa, then your relationship becomes work. What you do every day becomes work as opposed to something that you just enjoy doing. So I, I think people skip the who and they automatically jump to the what. What do they want to do? And I think we allow, uh, you know, programming as far as what other people's opinions are or what people say success looks like to move us into things that may not necessarily be for us but because that's what we've been told we move towards it and then you end up hating your life or you you hate your significant other because you're you're fighting against something that's naturally not for you yeah not only that, if that makes sense it, yeah i think it makes absolute sense um you're not only fighting against something that's not natural for you you've been led so much by things that weren't necessarily for you so you weren't it like you talked about work so it's, it's work when you're in an unnatural state it's work when you're doing something that you don't quote unquote love or find a whole lot of joy or passion in but I, f I also feel like it's work to figure out yourself 
And like you said, people skip the who to get to the what, because, you know, the what is going to bring this money, the what is going to bring this success, the what is going to bring all of these tangible things that I want to live or I want to see myself have. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do that initial work on yourself and you find these things and then you're like, dang, man. This, is this really what I wanted? It's fulfillment. Well, it's because that that's not how we're taught, right? In school, that's not that's not the basis of learning. That's not the basis of your thought process on how you're going to, you know, project yourself into the world and, and what's going to be the next steps. It's, hey, you go to school and you're focused on getting a good job. The good jobs are already defined by making a lot of money. Hey, this is what it is, and that's what you're going to go after instead of taking those steps to realize the first thing I really need to understand and know about is what do I want? What do I like? What do I want to do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a big part of that is experience. A big part of that is, you know, that self-identifying and, and, and understanding that, you know, just because, well, what's good for the goose may not be good for the gander. You know, understand that, you know, just because your parents or your uncles and aunts say that this is what you're supposed to do or that's what they did, it's not set in stone that that means that that's the path that you need to go on as well. Yeah, because like you got people uh, like shooting for these million dollar dreams and goals and not that you shouldn't have million dollar dreams and goals, that's great. But if you want a certain lifestyle and that, that certain lifestyle, all you really need is 100K a year. Are you shooting for, you know, you just, are you just going after a million dollars because somebody told you a million dollars look good? You know what I mean? So like, yo, if you just refuse to take time to get to know yourself, then you know what you really need to shoot for. Well, I, I like the way that you guys keep using the word good because what might be good for you isn't necessarily going to get you to what's great for you. And that's what we're trying to do is to get you to what's great for you. So when Jay says, go out and be great, I don't, I, I always challenge him all the time because, hey, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I don't think that people realize what that means. Go out and be great. You can't be great if you're doing something not as yourself. And I think I said that a, a couple podcasts ago, but if, if you're doing anything not as yourself or you have to dilute who you are, you have to be a fraction of yourself, then you will never be great. Never be and great. It, and it, it will never line up. Yeah, you, you end up wasting so much time. And I, I want to point out something real important because that's not to say that you have to be, you know, at that super malleable point in your life where you're like the adolescent or you're in college and, you know, yeah, you're trying to find yourself then. But also, like I would say, it was probably well into my 20s, like maybe right before I turned 30, before I started to really put together, like there were pieces that I had got all throughout life, different experiences that if I really had had the proper mentorship, had the proper guidance or sat and reflected a little bit more on what things really mattered and instead of being caught in a rat race, I probably wouldn't be in the position that I am now. I'd probably be a little further along, but that's not to say that given your current position, you can't start making those necessary changes. So it's not necessarily a young person's game. You can be 30, 40, 50, wherever, as soon as you decide to make that change you have that I would say that it's almost, almost impossible to be a young person um I, I think there are very few and far in between people who are early late teens excuse me to early 20s who can really say that they at that time in their life they really were able to know what they want who they were and and able to you know go after that path i think it's definitely a, a late 20s early 30s um type of instance because it takes experience it takes you know failing it takes 
realizing, oh man, I thought that I wanted to be a doctor. Now that I'm taking all these courses, it sucks. I don't like it. I need to figure out something else to do with my life. It takes hitting that wall. It also takes new experiences. So you, you think you know what you want because all you see around you, what you're being told is do this, do that. But then you go away to college, for instance, or it's the army or it's anything you want to do, that life view changes. And now you're realizing that what you wanted was something totally different because it was petty or small and you see your future going somewhere else. And I like how you said when you uh, you gave the example of taking the classes and, you know, it being hard and, you know, kind of like, oh, this isn't really what I, what I want to do. I think that's... um. That's a, a very, uh, not slippery slope, but it's kind of, you kind of got to walk a fine line with that uh, because I think too often sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we don't really push ourselves. And I say that because me and Chris was having a conversation centered around something like this, you know, some weeks ago where, um, you know, we were talking about a friend or whoever that is now a little bit envious of her almost finishing dental school and they wanted to pursue uh, a career in medicine, but didn't really take those steps because the of the eight year term, you know, that they you, you have to be in school for so long. You got to take these super hard science classes. The stress level is out the wazoo. Like it's crazy. The med school, the med student lifestyle. Um, and you kind of find yourself second guesses like, dang, man, if I had went ahead and, you know, worked at that situation then I could be in a different place now although it would have cost me a little bit so it's like don't I don't want people to to kind of shy away from things just because it is kind of hard I totally agree but I I think that 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 again is understanding and listening to your inner voice in the sense of yeah if you still like if you still know that's something that you want of course you need to fight through it like um, anything that's, you know, valuable is not easy to obtain, you know, so it's okay to have to fight through and have that fighter's mentality of, you know, this is still what I want. I know it's a lot harder than I imagined, but th- this is my goal. This is what I really think I'm good at. This is what, you know, my passion's about. But there is that that moment of realizing, wow, I don't want to be a doctor. Like these classes <laughs> are crazy. The stuff that I'm doing, like it's not, it's not interesting to me. It's not, you know, it's not um, creating that 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 inner fire that that even though it's hard, I'm still like you know, but I, I want it. Then yeah, man, it, it's it might be time to you know take that look and see, you know, if there's a different career path, if there's something else that gets you to what you thought um, was important about being a doctor. Maybe it's just like you know um, the reference Dace was using with the firefighter, where it's hey, maybe it wasn't that you wanted to be a firefighter but you wanted to help people. So you know what? Being a counselor is actually right in the same wheelhouse and is allowing you to get that same fulfillment. So it's Go ahead. And a, a couple of things. So I, I think when we talk about kids going to college and, you know, they end up studying something that they have no interest in, unfortunately, because of traditional parenthood, you raise your kids to be in a certain track. Mm-hmm. And it's not until they go to college that they get that little bit of freedom where for the first time, maybe they have that ability to have some quiet, free thought to themselves. And all of a sudden they start questioning things that they never questioned before because their parents kind of ordered the steps that they were going to take. So, you know, that, that's one thing. And then you're right. The, the, the problem is, is that in today's society, you, you hear more and more people asking about the why. 
But the why, until you understand the who, doesn't make sense. Because once you understand the who, then the why comes becomes so much more easier. So that class is difficult. You have a clear understanding of why I'm doing this. So it's not really difficult because you know this is in line with who you are or who you want to be. So I, I think that difficulty then comes again when you're not aligned with who you are and what supports you and what continues that track of who you are. It's this is funny. If this is this is my life. Um, only because I say that because my wife, EJ, as you guys know, um, she went, she her a path from, from middle school to be a doctor. Her dad's a pediatrician, she wants to be a doctor. She went all the way through school, um, got ace to MCAT. We studied all through college, really like focusing on I'm gonna go to be RN, I'm gonna do my RN study, I'm gonna be a doctor, blah blah. Um, got to the MCAT, passed MCAT, and then then literally went to grad school and was like, I don't wanna do that. So she wanted going for medical health. Um, certificates. She has that process and she went to the, the the giving and the community side of the medical field. So she saw that and she saw that that was hard work. Everyone pushed her, but she also knew that by the end of the time, okay, well, I got to this point. What can I do with this now that I have this far and I'm going this far? So if you diverge and you say you don't want to do it, I mean, you can't, you don't, you don't have to change your field completely. You can find that hole, that niche that you want and take us to the next level. And she's been successful like crazy because she knows what she wanted to do with that small 1% of the medical field or the giving field or caring field, shall I say. Um, and she's taking it where she is now. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, man. So, and where does she end up now? Like, uh, she ended up, she's now at JP Morgan Chase in the, um, uh, what is it? The, um, I'm trying to think of the name, what, what the actual name of it. But Corporate responsibility. She's on that side of that now. Just make sure that the corporate is taking care of the communities around her and giving back, be it medical, be it giving, be it food, be it schools. She's the vice president of that mindset. She's making sure the community is receiving from the, from the corporations. And it worked out. Easy. So I want to go back to talking about that fight with finding or, you know, honing in on who you are as a person. Because like I said, I think that's... um that's a big part of that. That's a huge part of it. Like that's the, that's the foundation. That's the first brick. And you know, a lot of the experiences that you, you come in contact with all the people, um, the, the things that you put in your brain on a daily basis, they all end up shaping that. And sometimes, you know, you kind of fall away from yourself through that process. So I want to talk about kind of regaining that, you know, finding out where, where can I be rooted in? What is it that, you know, I am rooted in and, you know, utilizing that to push forward. So like for myself, like it's always been rooted in like teamwork and leadership. So I've always found myself trying to look for, you know, positions or ways that I can start impacting people, you know, like whether it's been a mentor program when I was in Miami, whether it's at my current job, mentoring, you know, other associates or getting involved with other customer service situations, but there, there, there's that thing where it's like, I always want to be involved with that, that person uh, or helping that person that I, I find myself always drawn to. So for you guys, like, how do you kind of hone in on that? And I'll start with Carol. So before we go to me, I, I want to take it to you first because um, Jay and I were talking yesterday and we kind of broke down who you are, right? So for, first and foremost, you're a provider. 
Right. That's what you do. You provide. So whether it be for your family or for other people, you want to provide people opportunities that they may not have had or provide them access that they may not have had. That's who you are. Um, for me, uh, I've always been a leader. And whether that be I'm the first to do something or I'm leading people to the path that's for them or leading people to discover who they are. And I think we don't go back and we don't take the time to really analyze that. As Jay and I talked about it yesterday, you, you want to find the common the common denominator in everything that you do. And unfortunately, people get to a point where they're so lost that there's so many things you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice everything you believe or the things that you thought you believed. You have to be willing to it's almost like a pride thing. Like you have to be able to go back and say, okay, um, I believe this all my life. I've hung around these people all my life. Uh, I've been in this field and all oh, that's wrong. That's not who I am at all. And you have to reach to a, it takes a certain type of strength for you to get to that point to where you can say, you know what? I've been pretending all this time. And this goes back to our earlier podcast about that fake it till you make it. Mm. When you're faking it, if you have to fake it, you're in the wrong thing. That's right. And, 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 and that's what I've said from day one. They're, they're, fake it till you make it is a very flawed concept because you are denying who you are and you're, you're pretending to be something that you're not. And anytime that you're faking it until, you're, until you make it, you have put, it's, it's basically suicide. You are committing suicide, whether it be career, spiritual, family, whatever it is, if, if, if you have to emotional, if you have to pretend, then you're in something that's not aligned with who you are. So I, I would say that first step is really taking an audit of your surroundings and things that you're just like, man, why do I do that? I don't even like this. Why do I entertain it? And then you have to start marking off the things that this is not aligned with who I am. And you really have to get to the point where you look at what are your core values? What are your core principles? If you were a brand, what would you want your brand principles to be? How about you, Mr. Dace? Definitely, man. I think the um, reflection is key. Like you, it's, it's, it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. You know what I mean? It's hard to know how to take that next step if you don't know what got you to where you are right now. So for me, what really helped me was really uh, meditation and, and writing blogging i mean they're serious like blogging every day and uh just reading over it and and daily you know what i mean reading over last week's stuff reading over the month before that and just reflecting on the 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 events that got me to where i was and what i liked about the events what i didn't like about the events and just cast aside the stuff i didn't like and start doing more of what i enjoyed you know and like you said finding out what were like i'm not like Kay said the, the common denominator for me i'm I'm a person who likes to empower. I like to, I like to lift people up. I like to encourage. Um, it, it brings me joy and satisfaction to see, to know that I helped somebody else today. So uh, it just makes sense, you know, for me to go towards the career that I'm trying to go towards, which is, you know, motivational speaking, to let people know that they are phenomenal and they have, you know, power inside. Uh, Yo, know, Facebook memories, that bad boy right there. <laughs> um, Facebook memories. Uh, time out too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Facebook memories, like eight years ago today, looking at the statuses I put up, 
And I was like, wow, like, yo, I, this is this is who I've been, you know. So mm-hmm. it, just, it just makes sense <laughs> to go back to it, you know. It just, so that's that's just been something that's that's what helped me. Oh man, you bring up those Facebook memories. It seems like something new every day. Like, and I'm looking at the picture, and I'm like, "Wow, man, eight years ago." So, yep. So, eight years ago, this is what I was. What? What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Or you like? I used to. I used to text like that. Yep. I I was talking like that. That was a slang. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Fresh. You had something you wanted to add, man? Before we wrap this thing. Um. Nah. I mean, it's it's just like Carolyn and and have said. It's about that self evaluation. It's not always easy. I don't think that it's something that um. Um, like I said, it, it's hard to be uh, a, a younger person and be able to take that self-evaluation because you haven't had enough experience and, and that's okay. And, and just like you were saying, Brett, as far as there are some people who are 50 and have not, you know, really been able to take that step and really, you know, identify with themselves of who they are, be okay with it and be able to stomp out the BS. To, to go ahead and, and say, you know what, I'm going to stop this relationship or I'm going to stop, you know, dealing with this type of person or I'm not going to, you know, put myself in this type of situation anymore that it's not always easy. But in the road to becoming your greatest and best self, you have to make those hard decisions and be able to push down that road in order to get to what you want to obtain. There it is, man. We're working on aligning, aligning yourself with what you want to do, man. Hey, before we go over to Arts Corner, I got questions, man, for guys with kids on the podcast. Actually, Jay, I got a question for you too, man. Who is that young man that you on the Facebook picture with, man? It's like your cover photo. That was like random. It was a. It was a model. <laughs> it was a. It was a modeling shoot or something like that. It was a. It's a young. It's a young kid. Like oh, my, my cover photo. Yeah, 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 oh, it's my my, my nephew, my nephew CJ. Oh, okay, man, nephew CJ. Hi, CJ. Oh man, you doing great? You're doing Jay good. Was like, great. Jay was like, nephew. man, don't be putting no babies on me, bro. Right? <laughs> nah, bro. Nah, we already tried to do that on that uh, Father's Day podcast. Ah, <laughs> nine months later, you still here, huh? You good? Yeah, staying strong. <laughs> He's back in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's back in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, he's, well, for all the other uh, fathers here, man, what y'all doing for Halloween with the kids, man? I think uh, we seen a we saw a glimpse of uh, Asher. Oh, yeah, yeah it's it's a new experience to me because I think when I was six or seven years old, I told him I didn't want to dress up for Halloween. I wasn't into it. I didn't like it. I never really been that much into candy, so I didn't care about it at all. <laughs> at six uh, years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like blasphemy for a child. Yeah, man. Why is this young Carol was such wow. a See, hey. <laughs> Hey, he was so he was way before excuse his time. Me. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm not okay with this anymore. I definitely would prefer to have her chicken just like or some <laughs> rice. I don't need all of this sugary stuff. It's not even that great for me anyway. Mom, can we do something else? <laughs> yeah, do something else. And you know what? And I don't want any kids coming by here asking for candy either because it's poison. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to post a um I used to post a sign every year saying no, no, no tricks nor treats here uh, on the door. <laughs> so but but to be i guess adultish um i felt in line of what we're talking about about who you are i felt like i had to give asher the opportunity to discover that for himself whether that's the road he wanted to go down or not 
So I went out, bought my man a costume. I already took him to a Halloween festival. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, a couple friends of ours went to go over to their neighborhood and walk around and trick or treat with them. So sounds good. Sounds yeah, good. What you got anyway? The um, hmm? neighborhood get down, just going to uh, take our daughter to one of the friend's neighborhoods who, you know, they got the nice houses with all the kids. What uh what's Taylor going as this uh this year? That's a good question. Um I have no clue. She, you know, my daughter's like twelve going on thirty-seven. So I wouldn't be surprised if she don't even dress up and she just be out there trying to act like she's just gonna go get baby. <laughs> but um we will see. She hasn't had any um thoughts or said anything about what she wanted to be. You know, we'd be thugging it over here. Faison, <laughs> what you got? You got double trouble now. Yeah, I know, which means I'm doing nothing. <laughs> this, <laughs> this year, this year we, uh, you know, with everything coming so late, we didn't have time to really uh, go deep. Mm-hmm. So we did take a trip over to um, uh, Spirit Halloween and Party City, whatever. We went to both locations and I couldn't find anything that had a infant size and a toddler like mix and match. The best I saw was um, Mario and Luigi, but they only had it in toddler size. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it right. I can't have you no know, one kid and like a, di- a dragon and then one kid something else. Um, so we decided to mix it this year. Next year, we'll plan out something, uh, mm-hmm. something cool. But yeah, this year, um, Halloween will be giving away candy versus getting it. But he can't get it anyway. So what's the point for him? He's going right. to sit in one picture, sit oh, everybody out. So I'm like, he's literally one and a half. Like, there's no rush. When he turns walk away just for me to go out and walk, then I'll, I'll push harder. But right now, eh. Yeah, and I mean, all the candy is for you anyway, so. And Lord knows I don't need any more candy. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story. Uh, Fresh, you said Taylor's 12 going on 37. Uh, it's amazing, man, watching your children mature. So... Nia, she's eight now, but she's been like a child, like all her life, always in the cartoons or whatever the kitty stuff is. But now she has like some older, not older friends, but she's older now. And her friends, uh, they are a little bit more mature when it comes to certain things or whatever. So her mom got her two costumes. The the one uh, that she really wanted hasn't gotten here yet. It's some Uma... A pirate-looking chick from some Disney Channel show, The Descendants. Uh, Descendants. Exactly. The guy with no yep. kid. Uh-huh. with no kid knows the Disney <laughs> they, I work at, I Disney, work at a pediatric Disney market that. that was a good ah, marketing okay. show. They did hard marketing that dependence, too. Yeah. Uh, I got tired of that one. So that's the one she wanted. Uh, it hasn't got, well, it's here now. But uh, her mom, Chris, she ended up getting her this uh, Shopkins, like, little dress. Or whatever. And Nia loves Shopkins. She's all about them. Dad and LOL dolls. She has a sleepover this past weekend. All the girls, I guess they wear their costumes or whatever. And they all have on like the witches and pirate or whatever. And she has the Shopkins doll. And she takes this picture. And when I tell you her face was like, it makes you want to just like cry like, dang, why she do my baby like this, man? She does not. She is not happy because she feels like embarrassed because yep. she's a little yep. younger. Yeah, I got the yeah, baby yeah. costume. <laughs> I got the baby costume on. I'm over Everybody. here hot pink and highlights and glitter and they black and red. <laughs> they got blood on their face. I felt so bad for them. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we get it right, man. Uh, next time around. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the way it goes down. I, I can remember many um, 
interesting Halloweens, and I just got the word she's going to be a sugar skull. Um, get her face painted. So you what? what? It it's called a sugar skull. It's like the Mexican skulls oh, that are all cool and have like you know stuff and flowers and blah blah blah. No, oh, got it. So that's that's her her costume. That's the easy way out. Get my face painted right quick. I can wear whatever I please and keep candy candy. candy. I think that the, the true question is is the family Halloween. So we're all talking about the singular children. How what are have we thought about? what the family portrait or the family group is usually you know in our other communities it's all about the whole entire family being one unit I've like incredible to, to that bs <laughs> go ahead like I, i've never yeah i just never have succumbed <laughs> to that uh at all i'm not a it, yeah, no. Nah. I can't lie. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to to the. I bet the, you the, are. I the bet three boys and the girl. A, I'm, I'm like, going to be superheroes every year. I can already see. Well, I'm, well, we got to figure it out because there's three boys and a girl, so everything has to be you no know, three girls. I can do Ghostbusters. I can do like you know I can mix it and match it. I got to figure out how I'm going to do, do it. But yeah, you I gotta, got yeah, it's Ghost four of us. It's four of us now, so we can do it. Everything's in four. So you know, the Incredibles I can't do because I need a girl. You can do the I need a baby. Four. Boom. Look at this cast. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm oh, and the thing is, oh, I yeah. can be a thing. It's so big. Human torch. Oh, yep. oh, 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 oh like next year. It's all. Oh, it's all. <laughs> they need some to figure out how to put the little pieces on. Nobody's gonna have a rock. <laughs> 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 Like man, y'all lucky he got to see the whole. Let him let Black Panther come with some female version and a child. Let this series go hey, somewhere. There, there is there is there is a female Black Panther. It's, no uh, costumes yet though. It's T'Challa's it's T'Challa's sister, sister Shuri. See, no costumes yet. Ne- I'm saying yeah, yeah, no, ne- no next, for next year. They'll have the king, the queen. They'll have it all. Yeah, definitely. Pat Grandma, definitely. go ahead, bust it out, man. Getting the, uh, getting the, pull out the sewing machine, and she can make it. You can go ahead and dress up as uh, um, his father, though. You make uh, after the Black Panther. You could be, isn't it? Um, what's king T'Chaka. What's his name? Is um the uh, isn't that his dad in the movie? What's T'Chaka? I nah, but what's his name? Oh, Samuel Samuel Jackson. No, uh, Nick Fury. Is it playing he's him? Nick, he's Nick Fury. No. You talking about Fury with the one? No, he's talking oh, about I'm who's talking the about, man that plays you know, King Tataka. Um, oh, I don't remember. Jesus, he's got one sleepy eye. Come on. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. He's got dad. He's somebody else. He's a whole different. He is. Oh, he's yeah, a different he's character. Different, different tribe. Yeah. Oh, boo. But he's. I am looking forward to the family Halloween, man. One of these years, we're gonna actually do this thing where we be the uh, the zombie dentists and patients or whatever. We've been trying to do it for like the last two years, but somebody I ain't gonna say no names is just always too busy. Mm. You know? But mm. you know, it's gonna pay out in the long run. Hey, man, I'm gonna need you not to be. Um, I'm gonna need you not to take shots at <laughs> yeah, one of our right? of our biggest supporters. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all in fun, man. It's it's all in fun. Hey, Art. You ready for the corner action, man? What's going on? Yeah, so I uh, this 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 time it was just you know being I haven't had much time to get out other than my uh, my Target runs for Pampers or food. Uh, I happened to skim by an article and I realized and I read it and it said Michael Jackson is still the highest paid celebrity um, that's passed. 
with this, he just put out, or his family, or whoever's in charge of his, his family, the Michael Jackson Halloween. Yeah, like that yeah. came out and that made that just made him like over a hundred something million dollars right there because it's a big deal um so it was cool to see that he still and i remember the blood and dance floor album is a halloween movie so that hasn't even come out yet but the fact that he has so much like prince there's so much stuff sitting in there that wasn't even done yet that was way ahead of his time that it can come out now and still be like oh that was cool so i'm looking forward to the, the continuing path and i hope that um, that Halloween special becomes the Charlie Brown special, and it plays every year because it was that good. It was actually a really good, um, you know, cartoon to watch. So uh, my corner was. If you didn't see it, I'm sure it's on YouTube now or ABC on demand. But definitely watch it with the kids. It was really cool, um, and it kind of flashbacks to Michael, uh, you know, his his thoughts and what he did with the kids. So it's kind of cool. So, question: Where do those monies? stuff who has the right rights to that there's the family Kath- Catherine yeah state does Catherine and the kids uh oh. Joe has no money in that process um so yeah Catherine you know grandma Catherine and um and, and the kids get all that so it gets divvied up um over time so yeah they never will. As long as, and Michael had rights to the Beatles, so all that money is still coming in. Like all the, even though he went bankrupt before he died, yeah, he still had Beatles. Yeah, Paul McCartney. Oh, you didn't hear about that? Catalog. Oh yeah. Paul, Paul yeah. McCartney was like, "Hey, you know, Mike, it's a great deal if you go out and buy music because over time, you know, trademarks die. You can buy the rights to the songs." He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy your music." And he's like, ha, 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 And he actually went out and bought Jupiter. <laughs> 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 yep. So Michael, Michael owns a lot of stuff that didn't do a thing about That was that like just... a big issue when he passed because that was like yeah. when he was doing all that fighting with Sony and remember he was going around uh-huh. with the slave on his forehead and stuff like that. Like all of that was because he was, you know, doing a lot of moves like that and trying to um, kind of circumvent the middleman. So you're saying it was conspiracy. C O N Spiracy. We gonna stay right there with you, man. What you got for us this week for the Fresh Jam? Well, you know, I'm I'm about to fly off the cuff because I actually got an ill story, um, of my um, yes. I sent you guys all <laughs> pictures, um, and I'll go ahead and put it up. Uh, I guess some on sometime on the podcast. Did I miss this? So it'll go through right now. Mm-hmm. All right. But um, so the other night, <laughs> well, let's see. My my wife has been away for a week in Chile. Um, so last week, Tuesday, I believe, I was oh. woken up in the middle of the night. My um, I have a small um, I have two small dogs, but the one that was in bed with me was going crazy in the bed, and I'm just like trying to figure out what's going on, barking, um, like wild at the foot of the bed. I get up, walk around. I don't see nothing, you know, I'm checking everywhere, just trying to figure out why are you barking so crazy, go back to sleep. Next night, same thing happens in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I'm talking about 1.32 o'clock in the morning, dogs going crazy at the foot of the bed, wake up. I'm like, what's going on? I walk around my house, checking doors, nothing's going on. All right, so now we're um, Thursday going into Friday now, or Friday morning. Same thing about 1, 1.30, now, this time my dog doesn't wake me up, but I'm woken up to the sound of what I can distinctively hear is something opening up my dog's food. Like I have a, a container for the food. I hear something opening it up, shuffling around in there, and then closing the container back. <laughs> hmm. And so 
I'm laying in bed and that's a that's a very distinctive noise. So I'm like, I know that's what I heard, but how did I hear this noise? And so I get up again, go walk around the house, look by the dog, um, dog's food, excuse me. I look by my uh, chihuahua, she's in her bed, you know, hanging out all by herself, nothing's going on. So I'm still just like, what is going on? Go back and lay down, but I can't go to sleep now because I'm like, I know I heard a noise. <laughs> so 20 minutes or so go past with me kind of laying there, half in and out. Um, and all of a sudden I hear, which is just like steps across my floor, my wood floor. And so I know now there is something, <laughs> there is something going on. So I get up, but I know, shoot, earlier today, the day before, the day before that, whatever I got up, whatever it was, was not, you know, as soon as I got up running around, it, it disappeared. So let mm. me just be quiet. Let me go ahead. I get up, I get my doorway of my bedroom. And I'm just looking out now into my back living room. Um, my DJ equipment was set up and like the, uh, the lights from the equipment were just like barely illuminating the living room. So as I'm sitting there quiet and looking, scared as all get out, like what is, you know, what, what am I gonna see? All of a sudden I see a dark shadow come from under my back dining room table and start to walk across the living room floor. Well, move, I just see the shadow of something <laughs> moving across my living room floor and walking back towards my um, couches and, and, and table. <clears throat> so at this moment, I'm pretty much, you know, chin on the ground, eyes as wide, like trying to figure out what, where, what is going on in, um, Taylor, get the box cutter. No, so I turn on the light now, look, I turn on the light in the room. Well, I turn on the light into the living room to see, and that's when I see it is one of the biggest possums I've ever seen in my life. And it's right in my living room in my house. Now, as I told you before, my daughter, well, my wife is gone out of town. My daughter is asleep, of course, because it's like 1.30 in the morning. So now I'm trying to decide if I just go, you know, all out crazy or if I have to contain, you know, my or daughter. if I just go back to sleep. Knock on her door like, can I sleep with you? Or... <laughs> so I didn't want to wake up my daughter, but I knew that, you know, hey, he hasn't paid rent for however long he's been here. I cannot allow him to stay here any longer. Oh. Exactly. So in all of a whirlwind of, you know, 15, 30 seconds, I run, put on battle clothes, um, mm -hmm. run into the uh, kitchen and I grab the oven mitts. Um, and then I run into the uh, over here to grab um, a towel because I was like, I need to, I guess, throw something on it because I'm trying to figure out I don't want to. <laughs> You know, the first the first thought is like, hey, you know, grab the box cutter or something. We about to kill this thing. But, but then I'm like, man, I'm not cleaning up possum blood all around my house. And that's not going to work. So now I'm sitting there with um, <laughs> oven mitts, a towel, and my battle gear. And I'm cording them off into a little section behind, like, my couch. Um, one of our couches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, if you guys remember... About a month and a half, two months ago, I had a little tango with, I'm pretty sure what was this same possum's um, baby, or you know what? It could maybe even wind up being the same <laughs> right? possum. Just because there was a possum in my garage. I had to wrestle with him. I got him out. I felt like Trapper Jack. It was awesome. This story was not the same because this dude was a lot bigger. 
Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there silently trying to pump myself up to, to fight battle. The t- <laughs> Come on. What? You're going to get it. You're going to get it. So I'm game planning on trying to get it out. I have it cordon off. Um, the towel situation just did not work. I tried to like go and he made that noise freak me out. <laughs> so I just ditched that. I grabbed a dustpan, one of the standing dustpans. I joked him a couple of times, hey, pow, pow. And when he did that, he started walking towards the, uh, my original thought, I don't know why I was gonna try to get him out the same door he came in. Cause in that same 30 second whirlwind, I was closing all the doors to make sure he couldn't go any into any other rooms. But I was thinking to get him back towards the, um, our other living room where there's a side door that goes directly to Outback. But mm-hmm. he was closer to the patio door that then puts him on a um, screen and patio on the backside. So I don't know why initially my brain wanted to go to the left, but either way, I pushed him to the right, got him to that glass door, opened up, bow, hit him out now. He's on the back patio, cage into the back patio. We got the issue of him being in house, saw, slam that door. Now I go out there for battle time. I grab, there is a, uh, plastic table that is disassembled due to Hurricane Irma and us taking everything in. So I grab a leg of a plastic chair. <laughs> quick ones. Bow, bow. Get the, you know, explicative out of here. And now I'm, I'm tangling with him trying to get him to move towards the door instead of... Uh, <laughs> instead of... <laughs> so I'm going. Finally get the door open. I'll give him one more swift. He takes off out the door and... Possum fiasco 2017 is officially over. But then the absolute worst part was then when I go in there, back into the house, move the couch, I see that, yeah, this man been in my house for like three days and has a whole like poop and pee city all all around over there. So it was it was I thought I said you won the battle, but I went <laughs> Let it be known. Like I'm talking about I had to move everything out, throwing away stuff, wiping down, mopping down uh, stuff, yeah. and I left mm-hmm. it like that. I had to leave it like open, mopped out, just to like sit there for like a couple of days to just be able to like look over there and run <laughs> like Yeah, this was real. This was a real battle. And I mean, I still haven't every day anybody my parents, my brother. Um, any of my friends who I've talked about the story, if I talk to them again, the first thing out of my mouth is still always, I can't believe I battled a possum and it was living in my house for three days. Like, this thing <laughs> was living under my couch. Like, my mind is blown crazy. Um, it's like, how many times you just sat on that possum? Sitting on the couch. Well, well that's true. I don't, I don't, exactly. sit on, I don't go in that back living room. So, but Taylor said that she thinks she sat on top of where he was and that Winnie was barking. So I'm pretty sure there were several times Winnie was barking like, yo, y'all don't see this dude up in here hanging out? Like, <laughs> y'all told me this was, I was the last dog in. What's going on? That, yeah, man, it was um, a very interesting uh, week without my wife here. And uh, yeah, man, I just, uh, I still cannot hey, believe. Would you, would you have woke her up if she, if, if she were there? Would you have woke her up? Oh, she would have got woke up because I woke her up when the um when the possum was in the garage. Um, <laughs> hey, you didn't wake that possum. <laughs> nah, I didn't. I didn't wake her up I mean, like we had, that. We a team, team, team work. Team. I, I, I am uh, definitely a man's man when it comes to the battle. I more so got her up because I be needing witnesses 
And I just want to make sure, you know, <laughs> if anything else does go down, I, don't, I know better than to expect that she's going to be the driving force in, um, you know, execution. But I know she's a great cheerleader and a great you know, <laughs> videographer. Yeah, exactly. You'll be able to get it together. That's the only one thing that I'm mad I didn't do is I didn't tape the whole fiasco because I probably wouldn't be talking to y'all because I'd be sitting on my million. <laughs> Even though I guess maybe it's not true because Jay Day saying, hey, he's still with us and you know his video. Uh, yeah, he's he viral already. <laughs> <laughs> but your YouTube cream would have went sky high. You would have definitely got a check from YouTube. Hey, so I got a question. Go ahead. So what's the first jam of the week? Exactly. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was getting to it. That's not a cool Yo, can I finish? I mean, dad. <laughs> um, Going back to the Fresh Jam of the Week before I was so rudely interrupted. Um, you know, I feel I haven't been given enough respect to the female MCs, but what I wanted to do was go ahead and take it back because I always feel we got to go back to move forward. So one of my favorite female MCs is MC Light. I've been checking out um, a little bit this week, but I actually found a remix that I had not heard um, for one of... Um, her jams that I uh, feel that we all need to keep doing and just keep on, keep keeping on. Without further ado, the JD remix of Keep On, Keep Keeping On with, by Mrs. MC Light and Escape. Escape. Been looking for your since the court passed. Hot peas and butter, baby, come and get your supper. Before I make it supper, that's when you had enough of yeah. Can I get hot when you hit the jackpot? Surely I can if you the man. I get loose and produce by the mouth juice. Can you get loose to that or do you need a boost of energy to enter me and get it on? You're getting warm. I can feel you getting closer. Now, baby, down this mimosa. You better believe it's time to give a toast to the woman in the Decade, too bad to be played. Get vexed and I'm bound to throw shade all over your body. Whose body? Your body. I'm like a party like nobody. Leaving time to take home the loose. Choosy about who I let knock my boots. Now let me take sight to your love and the light. Life ain't all that unless you're doing it right. Keep on, keep on. Game that's uh that's really refreshing man they let they let uh that's like that was either tiny tiny or someone else taking lead this time around instead of the usual candy yeah. or top or yeah. jay jay name one name one of her other songs jay hmm? name, one of, uh-huh. name one of her other songs see, name, her. Name, name, name her name her um, name, name who is he yeah name another song now uh, the original uh, keep on keep keeping on. That's why that's my dog. That's why that's my dog. Once again, fresh jam of the week. Slide. It's crazy because you can literally hear what type what what uh, when it was made. 
The yeah, title, yeah. yeah. That was that was a uh, that sound sounded like a, a mix of total. Yeah. I heard a little bit of total music in the background. Yeah. Some Missy Elliott, Missy that Elliott, was that late nineties, two thousand yeah. era, wow. the real strong. I mean, just, just for the fact that JD was remixing it, you already know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, he was the man. He, he was the man. Yeah, it's funny. Um, total side note. I learned a lot. I don't know if you guys watch Drink Champs, another great podcast, but um, Drink Champs with Noriega and yeah. um, DJ EFN. Yeah. They just had JD on there, and I never realized how. Um, like enthralled in so many things in hip hop that you wouldn't expect. He said that he was literally in the car with Biggie the night Biggie got shot, but had just got out the car because he was like, he was in the car with Biggie waiting for his car to come up and was about to leave with him, but then his car came up. Wow. And he just had like a lot of instances where you're just like, man, like you realize JD's been in the game a long time and what he's done, but like you don't realize like how Oh man, I was the beginning of this movement and that movement. So hats off and respect to JD. Always gave him props, but you know, it's always good to learn uh, a little bit more about somebody, especially who you already thought you knew a, a good chunk about. But yeah, again, it's crazy. fresh jam of the week, MC Life featuring Escape. Keep on, keep keeping on. JD remix. Y'all can check out the remix or the original, like J Day said. Both mm. of them is hot. They both Wait, fire. Fire. They both fire. <laughs> <laughs> Before I come to you, Coach K, to close us out, man, I want to remind everybody that you can get connected with us at 13th Floor Please on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you need to uh, shoot us an email, 13th Floor at Flagology.com. That's the link. So hit us up. Let us know what you think. Give us those five stars and leave the comments below. Coach five K, what you got? And don't forget to resubscribe. For those of you that were previously subscribed, if you have not resubscribed in the last two weeks, you're probably not getting the new feed. Uh, so make sure that you hit subscribe again on iTunes, Google Play, etc. Hit the button. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We still on you. We still on me. <laughs> Break it down, coach. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to the people that are scared or they feel like it's too late for you to truly become who you are uh, and express yourself in your life 100%, whether that be um, in your career, in your marriage, uh, whatever it may be, it is not too late. And I guarantee you, your life will be a whole lot easier uh, if you take off that mask and be who you are uh, and be true to you. Uh, and I think your boss will thank you for it. And if they don't, you may find another opportunity that's even better for you. Your spouse will thank you for it because they won't continually be guessing on who you are and what you want and why do you act this way? Uh, why sometimes you're, you're, you're into your relationship and other times you're not. Um, it's a lot easier for them to identify with you and figure out, okay, this is what I'm in. This is the partner that I have. Um, if you are who you are. Uh, and for those of you that, you know, you may be younger and you may be in your parents' household or whatever, there are very respectful ways for you to start establishing who you are um, and line your life up accordingly uh, from this point. So stop being afraid um, to claim who you are. I guarantee you when you do that, nothing will stand in your way um, and you will achieve things that you never thought you could achieve before. And 
that's what we want you to do. We want you to be who you are 100% to you and to move forward and claim the life that you've always thought that you should have. Claim it. Speak it into existence. Yo, Joe. Wow. Easy. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. 43. Better believe it. Now is your time to flesh. Genuine time.